Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for June the 30th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know in the world of gaming. And today, Fortnite is finally shedding its early access label and Save the World development is slowing down. Fortnite Battle Royale will celebrate its three-year anniversary at the end of July, and in a symbolic gesture recognizing its immense popularity, it's going to shed its early access label. As a multi-billion dollar title with hundreds of millions of players and numerous updates, seasons, and events, Epic has decided that the multiplayer shooter, as well as its PvE sibling Save the World, will no longer carry the tag as the company shifts the development cycles for parts of its popular franchise. Its Save the World portion will remain a premium title and not become free-to-play as some originally hoped. Quote, development of new content will slow down after this official release, Epic said in a statement, noting that Save the World will move to ongoing annual scheduling and that its main story is now complete. The company added that in the coming months, Save the World will no longer be able to support all upcoming Fortnite Battle Royale cosmetic purchases, but Epic will let players know when this is slated to happen. Your existing library of cosmetics will keep functioning in both modes. However, as Epic says, the adventure doesn't end here for Save the World. All paid founders will have their founders pack upgraded to the next level and can unlock all the rewards included in the upgraded pack for free. Meanwhile, Ultimate Edition owners will be granted the new Metal Team Leader Pack and 8,000 V-Bucks. The Metal Team Leader Pack introduces a new hero, the Papa Bear Weapon Schematic, Warning Bow Back Bling, the Metal Team Leader Challenges, and entry to save the world at a new $20 price point. With a slower development cycle, Epic will transition to a new seasonal activity named Ventures. The arrival is to be announced, which introduces paths of continual progression and new levels to climb. Conquering the challenges and ventures will earn you seasonal experience, which impacts the level of difficulty you encounter, weapons you find, and the seasonal rewards that you earn, the company explains. Reaching higher seasonal ventures, levels unlock supercharger materials that can raise the levels of items in your main collection beyond their current cap. It is no secret that Save the World fans have felt the game's PvE mode have been a little neglected compared to the hugely successful Battle Royale mode, and there have been calls for it to go free-to-play so players could easily get rewards in the PvE game and bring them over. But consistent delays in the release of the initially touted free-to-play release suggested that was probably never in the cards. So, again, we are coming up on the third anniversary of Fortnite, and it looks like it's finally going to be releasing uh, its ties to the Early Access label, which is something that it probably should have done quite some time ago. Of course, I don't work at Epic, so I don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but it just makes sense for them to say, hey, it's, uh, it's, it's done. We've made uh, literally billions of dollars. It, we're good to go. It is the game that we wanted it to be. But that is one thing that I do want to mention, is that Fortnite Battle Royale was never originally supposed to be the main big thing uh, that took off with Fortnite. Save the World was going to be what Fortnite was. That was going to be the main bulk of the game. Uh, in fact, whenever I first covered the game on an episode of The Drop, my weekly show where I give you the games that are coming out across the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, the Switch, and the PC, I originally just talked about the Save the World mode, and the Battle Royale thing was more of a joke 
joke in a lot of people's eyes uh, because PUBG was beginning to become a very big deal and it was kind of hitting its height. Uh, so it made sense for Epic to say, hey, we've got Fortnite coming out. Here's Fortnite Battle Royale. Let's see what it does. Lo and behold, it did fairly well. Uh, and obviously, as we see today, it is one of, if not the biggest game currently on the market, even all of these months and years later. Uh, but I think it makes sense to slow down development of Save the World because that's not where the money is. Uh, and although there are going to be many players of Save the World that say, well, I still want to get support, you will still get support. Uh, but it just doesn't make sense for Epic to continue shoveling tons of resources into Save the World when they could allocate those resources towards the Battle Royale portion of Fortnite and make dividends on their investment. Uh, and so... Ultimately, Fortnite is finally going to be out of early access, although you probably wouldn't notice if you didn't even look at many of the loading screens, which generally say early access. But moving on, Discord is ditching the gaming branding in a bid to become a general purpose chatting application. Online text and voice chat application Discord originally launched with a sole focus on video games and the people who play them. It even took a shot at its own digital storefront and game subscription service. But today, Discord announced it's aiming to become a more general-purpose communications platform. Quote, we designed Discord for talking. There is no endless scrolling, no news feed, and no tracking likes. No algorithms decide what you should see, Discord founder and CEO Jason Citron wrote. We designed Discord to enable the experience and feelings we wanted to recreate, being together with your community and friends. As you have used Discord for more and more than playing games, our branding didn't keep up, and the way we talked about ourselves sent the wrong signal to the world, making it harder for you to bring your broader community on Discord. And we know that the first few interactions someone has with our service could be intimidating because Discord is complex with many features. To cut back on that complexity, Discord says it has streamlined the new user onboarding experience and added new server templates to help simplify the process of setting up new servers. Bugs have been fixed, video and voice capacity have been increased, reliability and performance remain Discord's top priority, and a recently launched safety center is in place to make users aware of the rules and tools available to deal with unwelcome interactions. There are also some more obviously front-facing changes. The Discord website has changed, discordapp.com is out, discord.com is in, and so has the tagline which is now your place to talk. Gaming now rates all of two mentions on the front page, neither of them prominent, and the jokes and references within the software have been made less specific to gaming to make sure everyone can take part in the fun and make Discord more welcoming. Discord's expanded ambitions make sense in the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic which has pushed conferencing software like Zoom to the forefront of mainstream consciousness. It also prompted Discord to increase its streaming viewer limit in March from 10 to 50 to accommodate increased demand. So, moving on to the big news here, Discord is slowly but surely meandering out of the gaming space. And in my mind, this has all of the same signals as whenever Twitch began to be more accepting to diversified content outside of just streaming video games. Uh, I remember whenever I first got started with Twitch.tv, it was the fact that you simply had to play a game. You needed to be playing a game, and if you weren't, uh, there was a high likelihood you could get booted offline. Uh, that's how it was back in the day. Of course, now you have just chatting, you have music, you have all of these other various categories that are much more welcoming to those that might not even play video games and have never played video games in their life. Uh, but 
in Twitch's case, you still see the fundamental foundations of the platform being rooted in gaming culture, and I think that's probably where you are going to see Discord uh, meander in the coming months and years. Uh, because gaming will always be a part of Discord's identity. It is going to be a gaming communication platform. Uh, but it makes sense to simplify their user experience, and on top of that, it makes sense to not necessarily market themselves as an app for gamers, uh, instead being an app to communicate, to simplify the act of communication. Uh, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, whether it be having a team meeting at work, or if you are trying to take down the Covenant in Halo with a friend and some co-op Halo. Uh, why not use Discord? It works for both of these factors. Uh, but I do think, again, like Twitch, you are going to lose a bit of the specific gamer-centric touch uh, that you have for the platform. For instance, the fact that taglines have been changed to be more welcoming and understandable to the general population, that's a bummer for me. I understand why they're doing it, uh, but the small little jokes that are in the one-liners on a loading screen, that was something that signaled to me that Discord was built by gamers for gamers and that they joked, they had fun. Uh, it's a kind of vibe that is created by the team and that's not going to be there anymore in the same way. Now, this isn't going to say the Discord, or this isn't going to lead, rather, to Discord dying off or being replaced by something else immediately, uh, because Discord is still the best way to communicate when you're playing a game. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon, and the fact that it has become a hub for so many online communities is a very big deal. Now, let's move on and talk about this little tidbit. Amazon's Crucible returns to closed beta to rework gameplay. This is wild. Amazon's Crucible had a rough launch, to put it mildly, and the developers are taking the unusual step of rolling back the game's availability to give it a second chance. Relentless and Amazon are returning the multiplayer shooter to closed beta as of July 1st. It will still be available through Steam to play around the clock for testers, but there will be scheduled sessions where developers will join the fray and ask for feedback. Relentless will also work especially closely with a community council with beta members of varying skill levels and play styles to shape the mechanics. Anyone who wants to be a part of the beta can download the game before July 1st at 12pm Eastern, and if you're too late you can still sign up at the Crucible website. It's an odd step, if not a surprising one. Crucible was supposed to be proof that Amazon could develop high-profile online games that compete with the likes of Call of Duty Warzone or Valorant, but demand tapered off soon after its splashy debut, and the creators went so far as to extend the preseason and cut game modes as it sought to refine gameplay. A closed beta potentially gives the game a second chance at making a good impression, that is, if the community has not already moved on. Ooh, this is big. Uh, first and foremost, should they try and salvage this game? Not really. I think it's kind of one of those things where you've launched the game, the hype has been there, and you can't really rescind a game launch. It doesn't really work like that. Um, now it has established its reputation, and I don't think that there is any reason to continue pouring tons and tons of resources into this title, uh, because I don't think it's ever going to be able to come back. Uh, plus, I feel like Amazon's Crucible, that's how it's always going to be known. People look at Amazon, and they don't think game developers, and although they have been uh, very 
hard-headed. I don't know if that's the best term to use, but they have been hard-headed about trying to break into the gaming space. Uh, it doesn't really leave a good taste in the mouths of players that see Crucible, might be interested in at least maybe checking out a video of the gameplay, and then they see it was developed by a team at Amazon, and they think, oh, this is one of those cash-grabby kind of situations. Uh, at least that's how I generally see this style of game. Now, that is not to say that Relentless uh, is by any means a bad studio or that Crucible is a bad game, uh, but the fact that the community has all but abandoned the title, I mean, the rough estimations of a peak player count are roughly 200 over the course of the past few weeks, uh, that's when you know that it probably isn't worth keeping around. In a way, it would be like if you still saw Battleborn online, which is the sort of team-based experience that you got launched very close in relation to Overwatch, which looks and sounds aesthetically similar to uh, Battleborn. Uh, if that had stayed around, it would have been a waste of money. So Crucible may in fact be a waste of money as well. Uh, but it's experience nonetheless, and hey, hopefully the team at uh, Relentless and at Amazon learn from this mistake, but hey, an interesting one to keep following over the course of the next few weeks. But to round out today's show, Crisis Remastered trailer and release date have leaked. There are still 26 hours to go, the author says at the time of publishing, until Crisis Remastered is officially revealed to the world via a YouTube gameplay premiere, but you can see how the game looks right now and find out its release date via the Microsoft Store. Crisis Remastered will launch on the 23rd of July and weigh in at 7.01 gigabytes on Xbox One, according to its Microsoft Store listing. HDR and 4K visuals will be supported. As previously announced, the game's multiplayer portion does not appear to be making a return. And here is tomorrow's trailer. Now I'm going to mute it so that you can uh, you can check it out for yourself. This does not look that great. I'm not even going to beat around the bush. Let me make sure you're watching in 1080p. Uh, now this is, of course, cropped because of the way that I record the podcast. Uh, so you can check out the entire trailer in the article, which I have linked down below. Make no mistake, it looks better than when it originally came out, but it still does not look like a full remaster, so to speak. It looks like Crisis running at Ultra on a PC with probably a couple of mods. And I think what bothers me the most is that as you look at the gameplay, it is very clear whenever you see guns being fired and when you see on-screen UI that very little has been changed to modernize the overall gameplay experience. Uh, because by all means, this looks and plays like a game from the mid-2000s because that's kind of what it is. Uh, that could be good depending on the player, uh, but I'm not seeing anything that's really yelling to me uh, that this is going to be a revolutionary remake of Crisis. And I think that's the big difference here is that this is a remaster, and in today's day and age, we're so used to seeing a remake. Uh, if you look at, for instance, trying to think of one that comes to mind, a good remake. What what comes to mind when I when I think about a remake? I'm I'm a Shadow of the Colossus. Perfect uh, is one that comes to mind where you do have the same aesthetic, you have the same look, the same feel, but every element has been improved in so many ways uh, that it is going to be a fundamentally better experience. And so whenever you take that example and you compare it to what's been done with Crisis, it looks fine, but it hasn't been modernized and it simply is going to be a good experience. 
experience. Now, whenever you get your hands on the game, it could be a totally different uh, style. It could be a totally different uh, feel for you because of the nostalgia lens that you will look at it through. Uh, but, of course, we'll have to see what happens whenever the full game gets its reveal on tomorrow's big presentation. But until then, of course, that has been today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoy it, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about Crisis. On top of that, what do you think about Fortnite finally shedding its early access label? And of course, how do you feel about Discord going through a bit of a rebranding? Would love to see your thoughts in the comment section down below. But until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic rest of your night. I'll talk to you soon and peace.